Well, good morning, church. What a beautiful day the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Amen. Amen. We got some people coming in this morning, so um, let's uh, let's all stand real quick. We're going to do a safe, what you call a safe meet and greet. Um, is so we would appreciate look safely. So if you if you're um, if you're uncomfortable with uh, somebody, uh, again, this is safely. Uh, you could do a little elbow, um, yeah, a little air shake. But we're going to take about uh, two minutes. Uh, get some music going and say hello to your neighbor. Say hello to somebody you haven't seen in a while. Amen. Let's go. Let's find our seats. Amen. All those who are watching online, we want to say good morning. Thank you for joining us here at Home Church of the Nazarene. We are so blessed. You have no idea when I say we are so blessed uh, to have you watching us, joining us online in spirit. Um, well, we have, um, uh, it's Marlene's birthday today, so she comes to second service. So if you see Marlene, um, uh, she's been coming here for many years. If you don't know Marlene, maybe stick around and get to know her wonderful lady of God. And uh, her daughter um, does our computer uh, in the back. There's Michelle. Everyone want to say hi, Michelle? Yeah, give Michelle a hand. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people think that thing is easy to do. I'm telling you, you got to be focused. If you're not focused, I remember Jim and Cherie, I was doing the uh, helping with the kids quizzing. And I'm like, oh, I got this. All I got to do is click. Yep, that's all you got to do. Uh, pastor, uh, next slide, please. I'm like, oh. I'm like, that's not going to happen again. Five minutes later. Uh, next slide, please. Oh, jeez. So anyways, thank you, Michelle, for your faithfulness. We appreciate you. Uh, we have a little, um, also another birthday here. If uh, Janet, if you want to come up, please. Let's give a hand to our uh, board, Janet, right here. Amen. So I don't know if you know that the church has a first lady, and it's Ricky, and she has a birthday, I think it was yesterday, right? So if you want to come up, we can honor you for your birthday. Yeah. So 
this is our first lady. <laughs> Love of my life. Happy birthday to you. She says thank you. Amen. Thank you. Uh, what a beautiful. We went to a celebration of life yesterday um, for uh, Reverend uh, Pastor Steve Scott. His father and mother passed away. Uh, what a beautiful service that was. But there was also exciting news we didn't know. Uh, Pastor Steve Scott's birthday is uh, the, on the same day of Ricky. So um, we have another reason to celebrate now. So uh, we've got to plan something for next year uh, with Pastor Steve. Amen. All right. There's, yeah, amen. Um, all right. So uh, let's get to announcements real quick. Zoom prayer meeting tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Uh, we will send an email out for that. Uh, Zoom youth group, Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, for the youth, be there 7 p.m. at your computer. Uh, there will be a church vote on March 7th for all active members. Please write this down, March 7th for all active members, 15 years and up. We will be voting for new board members and district assembly delegates. And uh, for some of the new people here, if you have any questions about uh, the uh, the district assembly, um, feel free to talk to me. I know we're going to be speaking later. Uh, so if you have any questions for that, please let me know. Uh, voting will be before each service and after church. Uh, there's a drive-up option for those who are at high risk from 12 p.m. Uh, to 2 p.m. And so... Um, we have a list of those yeah. Yes, there'll be a, there'll be a list... Um, at the uh, t at the uh, voting station of the names and uh, yeah not till then and and some uh, pictures and uh, so and uh, so be in prayer for that please church be be in prayer for that um, let's welcome a birthday girl she's going to come up and talk about women's retreat amen. Okay, good morning. So March 7th is a big day. We've got the vote and registration is due for the women's retreat. So um, you can go online for that. You can just call the office, call Jane, call myself. Let us know that you want to come. Again, there's going to be four speakers, worship from his piper, lunch is included for in-person um, with the $20. That's pretty much what your $20 is paying for is for lunch. So you won't have to worry about anything. Just come, fellowship hear from God, and um, enjoy. So if you have any questions, please let me know, or any lady on my women's ministry, Jane Morrill, Jen Metzger, um, we have a bunch of them. So please come. We're excited. It'll be fun just to get together. Thanks. Thank you so much, Hannah. Uh, next up, um, Mark Butler with the missions announcement. Give it up for Mark. Good morning, everybody. Um, first, a quick update on the sock drive. This church has donated, so far, 254 pairs of socks. Um, those go to the homeless shelters. That's 254 times 
that this congregation has blessed somebody else in our community who needs help. That's pretty awesome. Um, next thing, the alabaster offering. Most of you are familiar with it. You remember the little boxes here where we collect our pocket change? And uh, usually twice a year we'll collect all that. It goes into a fund for the Church of the Nazarene that buys property and builds churches, missionary homes, schools, clinics, um, facilities like that. None of the money goes to administration costs. Uh, we're averaging somewhere around $2.5 million a year in alabaster funds across the worldwide Church of the Nazarene. I don't have exact number of how many buildings that has built, but there is a lot. So two weeks from today, uh, bring in your pocket change. And it's okay if you don't have any. We do take paper money, um, and you can even write a check. We'll take that too. So um, we'll take that offering in a couple of weeks. Um, and then there was one other opportunity that we heard about this week. Pastor Augustus, who's in Kenya, uh, sent an email. Um, there's a, a family. The uh, husband was killed by terrorists not too long ago. Left behind his wife and the children. The wife got an infected tooth and died of the tooth infection. So there are three young children that now are homeless. Um, although their grandparents have taken them in, there's very little uh, help. So uh, David Muticia Peter is 11 years old. Tabitha Shombuya Peter is nine years old. And Jeremy Kyoko Peter is four years old. Um, they go hungry some days because there's not enough food. They don't have fees for the school so that they can go to school. They don't have good clothing, good shoes, or even a decent bed to sleep in. So Pastor Augustus has asked the local churches all to pitch in. We're hoping to raise $3,100 to send to them to help them out, to help this family uh, be able to support these kids. Um, so if you're interested in giving to that, just put it down for the Peter family, um, and uh, please help them out. We appreciate everybody's faithful giving. Um, let's just say a quick prayer for missions. Heavenly Father, we know you've told us to go and spread the word to all nations, and uh, that starts here at home and as well as other places. So we just ask you to bless this congregation's efforts to share with others and to support missions in whatever form that takes. Um, bless our offerings, bless our time, um, and bless those who receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Mark. All right. Now it's one of my favorite times of the morning. Children, who's ready for Miss Anita? All right. Kids, if you want to start making your way up here, and uh, Miss Anita is going to come take the stage and... Uh, she has a little lesson for you. And for the kids who are watching online, uh, good morning, and thank you uh, for joining with us. Miss Anita, please give it up for Miss Anita. Good morning. Hi, kids. Do you know what this is? That's a hippo. <laughs> is that a funny hippo? Do you know that hippos can hiccup? Can you do a hiccup? That's it, you got it. It's true, even hippos can hiccup. So do dogs, lions, porcupines, 
actually all mammals can hiccup. But people do it more often than animals, and babies do it most of all. They even hiccup before they are born. Hiccups can happen if you laugh too hard, eat too quickly, or drink a fizzy drink. But hiccups can also be mysterious with no certain cause. Hiccups can be annoying and occasionally painful, and there's no surefire way to cure them. Tricks like holding your breath, eating a spoonful of peanut butter, or breathe it into a bag might work, or it might not. Most hiccups last only a few minutes, but Charles Osborne had the hiccups every day for 68 years. Doctors estimated he hiccuped up more than 430 million times in his life. Wow. Like people, you can't control them either. That means sometimes people won't be nice to you. They might annoy you, say terrible things to you. You just don't know or even bully you. But God doesn't want you to pay back one wrong with another wrong. If someone hurts you, don't hurt them back. Be kind. Be gentle. Pray for that person. And remember, you may not be able to control others or your hiccups, but you can control your actions. Being gentle means we don't hurt anyone with our bodies or with our words. We don't push or shove or hit or, or say unkind things or people call people names or say things that may hurt their feelings or yell when we get mad. Gentleness and love go hand in hand. Against hate and lies, they take a stand. They take care to never hurt, and they don't pull on someone's shirt. They don't call mean names or ever lay the blame. They keep control when they are mad. They look for the good, not the bad. Yes, they go together, hand in hand, spreading hope across the land. In Philippians 4, 5, it says, Let all men see that you are gentle and kind. Today in second service, we're going to meet a man called Paul and how he learns to be gentle in his actions. And we're also going to start a story about Harry, who had the hiccups and all the trouble he gets into trying to stop the hiccups. I wonder if Harry knows about prayer. Have a good day. If you don't see me here second service, you know where I'll be. Uh, amen. Who enjoys that? Amen? Amen. Matt, he is like, yep, yeah, I do. Praises. Hallelujah. Let's all stand this morning. Who's ready to worship Jesus? Yes. I love it when kids get excited to worship God. What a beautiful thing that is. Uh, before we, uh, we're going to go into a time of giving here. And I want to read a scripture to you all. 2 Corinthians 
9, uh, 6 through 7. And it says, Whoever sows sparingly uh, will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Um, For God loves a cheerful giver. This morning, when we we take the tithes and offerings, uh, Please don't, uh, don't give uh, reluctantly or under compulsion. Uh, give with a cheerful heart. Know that Christ gave first. And uh, so we so appreciate your faithfulness and your tithe and offerings. Let's bow our heads this morning. Dear Lord, we thank you that we could come into your house uh, once again, uh, whether that's in person or online. Uh, we thank you. Uh, this morning was a beautiful thing seeing children uh, put uh, their their tithe money in a little envelope and um, to, to see how excited they were just to give to you. And um, Lord, I pray that you would bless uh, each gift, each giver this morning. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for the gift you've given us. And it's our turn. We just want to give back to you, Lord. So bless it. Just stretch whatever gift, Lord, stretch it. Use it to further your kingdom, your house, your home, and the world uh, through us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Before we go into a time of worship real quick, as our brother is going to lead us, uh, I just want to say it's so good. Um, as they were faithful online, watching us with us online here in spirit. But it's so good to see, uh, and please don't take this in any way, but it's so good to see uh, uh, Mike and Yvonne Regas with us this morning. Amen. Amen. And uh, it's good to have you back. And also, uh, Linda and Ren Banks. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and sometimes it's hard to see, so if I didn't call your name, please uh, have, you know, be patient with me. But uh, who's ready to sing to Jesus this morning? Amen. Brother, take us away. Lead us into the throne room of God. Amen. Testing one, two. Good morning, church. I said good morning, church. Good morning. That's better. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Amen. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch. Like me, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that's all my heart to fear. And grace my fears relieve. How precious did that grace appear? The hour I first believed. My chains are gone. My chains are gone. I've been set free. 
of your storm Jesus is still there in fact he has dominion over the storm in such a way that he's walking on the water and his hands are out to you saying do not be afraid for I am with you says the Lord so as we sing this song yes we're going through some storms but we still have a God is with us to the very end. Bye. 
heads with me this morning. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for opening up the heavens and being with us this morning. Um, many of us are tired. Some of us are excited this morning. But no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're feeling right now, we got to pray we just lay that all aside and we just focus on you. Uh, what an honor and privilege it is to be in your house as there are people right now who are outside this place who are lost, who are hurting, who are broken. And Lord, I just send a special prayer, God. I pray your Holy Spirit just surround them. Bring them to a church. Bring them to your house, God, that they may come to know you, Lord. We, we pray a special uh, covering over our youth, our children, this generation, Lord, our country, in Jesus' name. So thank you, Lord, that we can come into your house. You have chosen us, God, to receive your word, that we may be instruments to take it outside these four walls to proclaim your name. Speak to us this morning. Change our hearts. Soften our hearts, Lord, that we may leave transformed by the renewing of your word. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, musicians, and those uh, on the platform. We so appreciate you this morning. Hallelujah. So uh, we have some exciting news. We have a, uh, well, we've had a new family here with us um, who has transferred their membership. Wonderful family. Um, uh, Josh and Kim Wood. Uh, he is a pastor in the Nazarene Church. And we are honored uh, not only to have them here, um, but he will be preaching this morning. Amen. And uh, what a beautiful thing that is. I asked him a few weeks ago uh, with everything going on. We want to say thank you for the, your patience with the remodel. Um, I, don't, I was telling a few people, I know it looks grim right now. It looks a little grim. But don't quit me, please. Be patient. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Amen. Amen. But again, we're so blessed, as I asked my brother a few weeks ago, if you would come. And uh, I so appreciate them and their love for me and my family and our church. And we're so blessed and honored to have him and his wife. So please, without further ado, help me give it up to Pastor Josh. Amen. Good morning. How you doing? Josh Wood, and I am glad to be here. Are you glad to be here? Amen. Are you glad to be here? Let me hear you say, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Some of you may know me. Um, me and my wife have been on the district for uh, quite a while, um, but we're newer to, the, uh, to this church here. So thank you, Pastor Carlos. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to bring the message this morning. Go ahead and grab your Bibles and turn with me to the third book of the New Testament, Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, and we're going to begin reading in verse 1. In chapter 6, a large uh, crowd of people had come uh, to Jesus from all over the area, and he heals uh, many who had sickness, and it says that he cured those who uh, were troubled by uh, impure spirits. And then he looks at his disciples 
and he preaches his sermon, instructing them in their duty to God and to man. And then we come to chapter 7. Now when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum, and a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. And so when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am also, for I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another one, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent, returning to the house, found the servant well, who had been sick. And then verse 11, now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he had came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he, he who was dead sat up and began to speak. And he presented him to his mother. Now people would look at this uh, centurion and say that uh, it was hard to imagine that he would come to Jesus. He didn't fit the profile. I mean, he was a Roman. Jesus was a Jew. The centurion was part of the occupying force that caused the Jews to be under Roman rule against their will. He had a hundred soldiers under his command whose job it was to keep the peace. From the point of view at this time and culture, uh, he would have been a person that people would feel that it was hard to imagine him coming to Jesus. I want to do something a little different this morning, and uh, if you're watching this online right now, uh, I want you to join us. I, I want you to think of someone right now, someone you know who doesn't really fit the kind of person who you would think would ever come to Jesus. Can you think of someone like that? Maybe they have uh, something kind of shady in their past. Maybe they've 
told you that uh, they don't want anything to do with church or that they don't believe in God. But I want you to just think about somebody who uh, would be hard for you to imagine them coming to Jesus. Go ahead and raise your hand when you have that person in mind. And it probably didn't take you very long to come up with that person. <clears throat> now, I want to give you just a couple of minutes. I want you to pray for those people. And Jesus loves those people. So ju just a quick, simple prayer. You can do it out loud or do it in your hearts, okay? Go ahead. Okay, now think about this possibility. As you were praying for someone else, there was a time in your life where people were praying for you like that. Think about that. A mom, a brother or a sister, a school teacher, a neighbor, a pastor, at some time in your life, there was a pretty good chance that God put you on somebody's heart. And it's possible that you are the one that they felt was hard to imagine ever coming to Jesus. <clears throat> and yet, here you are. A Christian. A child of God. Today, in church, or maybe online, and you're listening to this message. And you're praying for somebody else. Amen? Isn't it incredible how God does that? God's awesome. You see, Jesus was modeling here in the scripture not only lessons of faith and healing and dealing with people in grief, but he was teaching his disciples along with the crowd how he dealt with folks that would not have normally been on people's list of those who would be easy to reach. Jesus had this amazing ability to demonstrate truth with compassion. Listen, if you, if you give people truth but you don't have compassion, you just come across as harsh. And if you show compassion but there's no foundation of truth, oh sure, you're showing sympathy for the moment, but you're not really dealing with the reality of that uh, Jesus loves them and wants to have a relationship with them. Let's take a uh, closer look at the centurion. First one on our outline. Follow along with me in Luke 7, verses 4 and 5. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. The centurion had a position of huge influence in the town of Capernaum with a, a hundred soldiers. Uh, you'd pretty much control the village and the surrounding areas. Because they weren't armed, and you are. In fact, uh, when Jesus was teaching how they should respond to persecution in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he said that if someone forced you to carry their load one mile, you should do what? 
offered to carry it a second mile. That was something that a Roman soldier could do. He had the right to force someone with occupied land that they were in to carry his heavy load for him. So it was like, man, I'm tired of carrying all this stuff. Here, you carry it. And there would have been a lot of people who would have known the reality of actually carrying a soldier's load like that. It was do it or be punished. But this attorney didn't use his position for his own gain. He used it to help others. In fact, verse 5 tells us that he built a synagogue for the people. Secondly, the centurion's praise came from others, not from himself. Verses 4 and 5 again. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Have you ever known someone who just loves to pray, uh, praise themselves? No pointing. But here's the centurion who wouldn't even go to Jesus. In fact, uh, the scripture says that he himself didn't even feel that he was worthy to go to him. As a Roman, a non-Jew, a soldier occupying Jewish lands, he himself didn't feel he was even worthy because he knew enough of the Jewish customs to know that Jesus would have been, in some ways, ceremonially unclean by coming into contact with him. So the centurion used his position to help others. His praise came from other people and not himself. But then also he uh, was powerful in his humility and in his faith. Look at verses uh, 6 through 8 with me. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Notice with me uh, when he sent some of his servants to say, don't even bother uh, yourself coming to the house. Uh, j just say the word, and the servant uh, will be healed. It's interesting that Jesus says that the centurion's face was, his faith was unlike anything that he had seen in Israel. We know that the servant was healed, and uh, once the servant was healed, who do you think the centurion had faith in? Jesus. He had an initial faith to believe that Jesus could heal his servant. But I don't think it would be uh, much of a stretch to say the centurion became a follower of Christ that day. Listen, there's people in your life who, even though they may not be saved yet, they believe that they're not here by accident, okay? They believe that there is some kind of profound purpose for this world. I found that a lot of people will have on some level a belief in God. They just don't get exactly what that's all about. 
I see all kinds of options of who God is and uh, what he's about. They're not people whose lives are marked by disbelief. They're people whose lives are marked by not having someone who would come alongside them and bring them to Jesus. Okay? They're people whose lives have a longing, a desire, a, a faith even. But it's not in the right place. It's not on the right person. And they haven't yet experienced what God so badly wants for them. Forgiveness and a personal eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. I think we need to be careful when we look at those who we think can't be reached. Sure, some of them are against it. And some just can't stand Christians and want nothing to do with church. But then there are some who just really need folks who are willing to enter in a relationship with them. So then let's have a look at the widow now. She's a little different. The village of Nain is some 20 miles away from Capernaum. And what I want you to notice about that is verse 11 in the King James. It says that Jesus interacted with the widow the day after. Capernaum was like a home base for Jesus' ministry. Jesus knew the town and, and many of the people there, but to travel 20 miles in time to, uh, to interact with this uh, widow the very next day, he didn't hang around Capernaum very long at all. It's like he healed a centurion servant and went, okay, bye. And then he starts walking 20 miles south. And number two, the crowd followed him. Again, look at verse 11. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. Jesus didn't tell people where he was going or why he was going there. Remember the movie Forrest Gump? Anybody see it? Raise your hand if you've seen that movie, Forrest Gump. Okay. Remember when Forrest decided to just start running? Forrest didn't seem like the smartest man. But as he encountered people on his run, they would start to run with him. Remember that? They followed him. Why? because they figured he knew where he was going. This world is looking for people who actually know where they're going. The problem is, there's a lot of folks out there who say they know where they're going, but really they don't have a clue. So just imagine this crowd, they're following Jesus and they're like, oh, okay, so I guess we're going for a walk. That would probably be after the first couple of miles or so. And yes, I, I understand that walking was common in that culture. 20 miles was considered a day's journey. And you could even say it would have been normal to walk that. But still, 20 miles. 20 miles, that's quite a ways. Do you suppose that crowd was wondering where they were going and why they were going there? Jesus led his disciples and and that crowd to the need. It was a journey that they actually, it actually took them away 
from themselves. You still with me? The celebration was happening in Capernaum, and Jesus leads them to a funeral procession. What? A funeral procession. I mean, couldn't he have taken them something to, I don't know, something more encouraging, lighthearted, Capernaum, right? But what was God's will? Number three now. Jesus brought the crowds together. Look at verse 12 with me. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. So Jesus leads them uh, to this widow who had lost her only son. And the two crowds met. Now think about that. Two crowds. For one, celebration. The other, grieving. This one, cheering. This one, weeping. And Jesus' intention was to bring those two worlds together and collide them in his kingdom. You know, we hope and desire that uh, as we come together and worship, that there's an aspect of joy and thanksgiving and as we stop and think about all that God has done for us, and we realize how he loves us and cares for us, I mean, let's just acknowledge that there is an aspect of gratitude that we want to play a part in our times together. Are you with me? You see, God wants to take a group of believers, a crowd, and he wants to take us to a place where we collide with the world that is broken and lost. And the collision point is Jesus Christ. Amen? Yes. Have you ever heard of John Wesley? <laughs> John Wesley was an English evangelist in the 1700s. His ministry is marked by jumping on his horse and going to the folks that no one else would go to. And he was really on fire for God. It said that up until his 80s, he would, he would ride his horse around the eastern part of the United States, sharing Jesus with people. There's four things that Wesley would talk about of what it meant to reach out to those who most people won't reach out to. He said that, number one, we need to be centered on Jesus Christ for salvation. He said, you have no other job but to save souls. Therefore, spend and be spent on this work. Think about that. Spend and be spent in this work. Be a part of God changing lives. In every part of your life, God has planted you there as a missionary for him, his ambassador, his representative. Number two, we need to have a broad view of salvation. Wesley said, salvation is the entire work of God for the first dawning of the conscience of the soul till its consummation and glory. In other words, God is interested in people. From the moment he awakens the heart till the time that he takes them to heaven. 
And we are a part of all that. And you know, I have to say that I feel that as a people, we've kind of dropped the ball somewhere. There needs to be discipleship in the life of a, of a believer, especially a new believer. We can't just pray uh, the sinner's prayer with someone and say, okay, you're saved. Uh, now get out there and be a good Christian. Amen. Right? Amen. We've got to get involved with relationship. We've got to recognize that when God saves people, he means to save them forever. And he wants to connect us in community. Number three, John Wesley followed Jesus' example. He, he, he was considered to be very unconventional in uh, what he did. I, I think it would be safe to say that Jesus did things differently than the people around him were used to. How often uh, were they scratching their heads watching Jesus and listening to him? Wesley, throughout his ministry, modeled that. Uh, we may joke about the tension that uh, sometimes happens in churches today about the styles of music used in church. But I'll tell you what, John Wesley uh, and his brother Charles Wesley would have had a tough time in our American churches even today. Because the, uh, when the coal miners uh, of England were getting saved and they were uneducated and they had to be taught how to read, it has been said, and feel free to research this, that Charles Wesley went to the bars and learned the songs that were being played in there. He put Christian words to them and then taught them to uh, these coal miners who got saved because they knew the tunes. And then uh, what he did was he put Christian teachings to them um, to teach them their, their faith. I'm not saying go to bars and do this. Stay out of the bars. Don't do that. But... <clears throat> In our, in our hymnal, uh, maybe you've heard this one before, and can it be yeah. um, that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain? For me... who him to death pursued. Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Apparently that was a pub song in England. Different words, of course. The Church of England told John Wesley that he couldn't preach in the pulpit, so <clears throat> you know where he would preach? his father's grave because they couldn't restrict somebody from visiting the grave of a family member. And so at one point he, went, he, he would go and, and he stood at his father's grave so he could preach Jesus to the people in the area where he was from. That sounds pretty unconventional to me. And following Jesus, there is this beautiful thing of reaching people we have a hard time imagining being reached. That we're willing to do unconventional things in order for Jesus Christ to be taken to them. And then number four, we need to be optimistic about what God can do by his grace. 
you could you could say, well, you know, some things are, aren't just going to change. They're just not going to change. Uh, they're not going to be right until Jesus comes back. You know, I, I understand that. But wouldn't you agree that one of the reasons our world seems to be on a downward spiral, especially since COVID, is that Christians have isolated from the world. God made us for community. We are supposed to engage and connect. And guess what? Your life has its own connection points. And we all have to find ours. It's, it, maybe it's coaching baseball. Is it your place of work? Is it volunteering at the food pantry and helping out with the community events? I don't know. God knows. Ask him, he'll show you. Those people that were on your heart this morning, and then you prayed for them. I don't know to what extent that uh, you'll be the person to personally lead them to, to Jesus. Sometimes the way it works is that you pray uh, for them, and, and then God uses someone else to reach them. Uh, we need to understand that we can't always be the person who reaches everyone. But I can tell you that there's someone, there's someone that God can reach through your life to touch in a way that no one else can because of the way he made you. But in order to be in those places and times, listen, even, even though the crowd may not have been following Jesus all the time uh, for the right motives, uh, they were following and you got to be following in order to be led. And as God does this in your life, his grace will not only cover you and help you, but it's also reaching out to the very people that he wants to show his love to through you. Even the heart to imagine. Because remember... So were you at one time. And God led someone to reach out to you. As we close in prayer, you can, I'll tell you what, you can come kneel up here or you can pray right where you're at, but uh, just talk to him today. Let's bow our heads. Lord, as we go from here today, I pray that you help us to see ourselves honestly the very doubtful but reached by almighty God if there's anyone here today that may be thinking well it may seem very doubtful for me but I want to be a child of God help them Lord to admit to you their longing their need for you because you're ready to forgive and go from just the creator to being their father. If there's anyone like that listening right now, help them to pray just a simple prayer. Lord, thank you that I do make a difference to you. Forgive me for the sins that have separated me from you. I accept you as my Savior. 
my only hope of heaven. Work in me now and forever. Make me your child. Father, for those who prayed that way, give them the assurance right now that they belong to you, that they belong to heaven, and that your grace forgives them. And then, Lord, for the others, give us eyes to see and a heart that will obey because the same Jesus who walked this earth is the same one who walked with us and take us on journeys of faith and discovery and some unusual but divine appointments. And Lord, as you brought those people to our minds today, may you help us to continue to pray and to love even in those very uncomfortable and difficult situations. I ask that you'll continue to open our hearts for understanding of what your son wants to teach us. So it's in the name of the loving, awesome name of Jesus we pray and all God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you for listening in there. God bless you. Pastor Carlos. Amen. Let's give him a hand this morning. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Josh. Hallelujah. I was, before we close, I was, um, when I said, uh, he's been coming to our church for some time, a lot of, I, I noticed some eyes going like, I've never seen him. They actually come to our second service. And uh, what he said this morning, he lives. Um, most of you might not see, but they, they bring people to church, and uh, they love on people. And uh, we're so blessed again to have them. Um, I had someone tell me a week ago that God put on their heart to speak to two people a week, to talk to two people. They didn't know who they were, but said, I'm going to talk to two people this week about Jesus. And if I get stuck and I don't know what to say, I'm just going to invite them to church. And so maybe this morning, uh, maybe you don't know the whole Bible, but you do know that Jesus is real. He loves you and he died on the cross for your sin and theirs. I would encourage you to invite them to church. And if not to church, let them know that God is, is the God to the fatherless. He is, he is, he's loving and that he would forgive them no matter what. Because in this hopeless generation, there's still hope in Jesus. And what a beautiful thing that our brother shared, Wesley, went to the graveside to go preach because I'm telling you, there's so many people saying, well, COVID this, COVID that, we can't. How many know God is bigger than COVID? Amen. Amen. Let's think outside the box. Call a friend. Call a loved one. Let them know you're thinking of them. Pray for them.
And uh, let this message sink into your heart today and the rest of this week and forever. Amen. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Again, be careful on your way out. We do have caution tape. Uh, please do not. Um, uh, we, we appreciate your patience. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. Amen. And uh, my brother, Mike Regis, if you could please lift your voice. Uh, you could use this mic here. Yeah. Thank you for those online. Please dismiss us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are, and we just thank you for the day you've given to us. We just thank you for the message that Josh delivered this morning, and we just ask that you plant it in our heart and that it grows throughout this week, Father. Just ask that you be with each and every member here today and those online, and go before them and bless them for the week. In Jesus' name, amen.